Boys proudly presents Bobo Boys, a Book Boys production. Oh, we're over halfway there. Whoa, Book of Bobo Fats, more than halfway over. Bobo Boys. I was going to do um, Everlong from the Foo Fighters because oh. I just learned about Nirvana and then apparently you some of those people Nirvana. Yeah, apparently some of those people split into Foo Fighters cuz they just, have this mo- You just learned that? Yeah, they have about this movie coming Roll out. Is. Yeah, they have this movie coming out. It's like a horror kind the of Foo like Foo Fighters, right? Yeah, the, the Foo Fighters movie. So I was like, well, I guess you're right. I guess technically you're right. I guess technically it is plural that because Patchmere has joined Foo Fighters, and Patchmere was like a, a touring second guitarist for Nirvana, but it was more just Dave Grohl. I mean, Nirvana was only three guys, so it's not you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Three guys, you know, certain people here and there. Three guys, a girl, and pizza place. Uh, Remember Shwarma. Remember. I think it was shawarma is what where the avengers have that food afterwards yeah, anyway no, I know. I read all about it. yeah two volume collection story of marvel studios you know me yes. and my making of books um not as good as jw rensler's paragon of behind the scenes cinema uh literature making star wars but it it's, hard to, it's hard to top that though it genuinely and i it is impossible. Like I keep, I feel bad because every time I read one of these making up books, inevitably on Goodreads in my review, I'm like, but not really as good as, you know, like that Star Wars archives book I read, that 15 pound book we were talking about. Right. And I talk about like, oh, it's no JW runes, but nothing is. So it's not, it's not really even a fair uh, comparison to be made. I mean, it's there. Nothing is. I mean, I, I've been watching, you know, I'm, I'm far from an expert, but I mean, since a very young age, I was very interested in that kind of thing and would watch like behind the scenes content. So I mean, I mean, nothing's ever held a candle to those books. So I don't even know. Uh, why try? You know, why try? And so, you know, yes, when I review High Republic, the f- falling star on Goodreads, which I am about a third of the way through right now, will I say not as good as J.W. Rensler's making Star Wars? Yeah, probably, but nothing is. I can't wait to get your takes on that book. Yeah, I'm 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 taking notes. I I mean, I'll tell you. <laughs> I, uh, I never I never thought I'd say that, but like I'm excited to talk about um and this is not this is not besmirching the quality of the higher public books. It's just I'm not a I'm not a Star Wars book guy. Like the Star Wars fiction books is not where my passion for that franchise lies. Mm-hmm. So I never thought I would be the one to say, I can't wait to stop talking about this show and talk about that book. And that's not because the show isn't good. <laughs> right. But no, it's not it's not because it's, and I did think we about did, this. You did say isn't good, right? Or was that me? That was you. Because I oh, okay. did a lot of thinking about this and how I would talk about this in this episode. And you're right. It's not because the show's not good. It's just because I don't really like it. And it's just not it's not because the show isn't good. It's just <laughs> with this project. They're, they're, okay, life's like a roller coaster. And at some points, you're like, why the hell am I on this thing? Because it's like, all right, we're not doing anything. We're not doing anything. And then, ooh, there's there's the moments. And we haven't gotten to that part yet, but I assume we will for sure. So I wouldn't say the show isn't good. 
I wouldn't say no, that. I wouldn't say that, and I'm not going to say that. I'm just gonna. I will say, this week it's 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 interesting that this is like definitively the halfway point because it's supposed to be seven episodes, is my understanding. So this is right in the middle, chapter four, and I mean it's at this point that I did like going into recording this episode more than any episode previously. I was really wrestling with like we're more than halfway through, right? You're four sevenths of the way through. So I don't feel, you know, I think after we watched the first episode, we were both underwhelmed, but it was one of those things where it's like, well, it's only the first episode and right. where this will go, but we're four episodes in. And I, I mean, I do the, you know, I don't dislike this show, but I'm, I'm, my passion is, is not there for it. I was um, through, because my schedule was like busier than usual this week. That I wanted to watch it day of, and the only way I was going to be able to watch it day of was to wake up an hour earlier. Like, I woke up at five in the morning to watch it before I had to be in the office. So, I mean, admittedly, maybe not at my best, but, you know, I woke up early. I got my coffee and, and sat and watched it. And I haven't even, me and the SO, she, she has not watched it. She has not brought it up. Uh, so I haven't, I haven't watched it a second time and it is just like, my passion is not in this arena right now. And we're seeing even, I feel bad, but it does seem like there are like, now there's an interview with Tamara Morrison where he's talking about how, and this is all secondhand from me paraphrasing. These are not his words verbatim, but essentially he's telling a story about him being like, yeah, Boba Fett is talking too much, which to be fair is not necessarily what i think the problem with the show is but him talking about both is talking too much let's just john favreau is in georgia let's cut all these lines he'd like i guess tried to give some of his dialogue to fennec really and then the next morning they would get a call from john favreau being like no you have to say all the lines <laughs> um um that just makes me like tamir morrison yeah I mean, he continues to kill it. Him and Ming-Na Wen continue to kill it, which is one of the, that's, I think, one of the hard things about, like for me, if you're talking about Book of Bobo Fett or like Rise of Skywalker is something that I, I get, I get upset at parts of that movie. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't like parts of that movie in a major way, but you know, you look at these interviews with Tamara Morrison or Ming-Na Wen, or you look at that production design and the the art that they play over the credits and you realize like these are major productions so when something like this doesn't ring true to you or you don't appreciate it it is still really hard to like totally write it off because you know how many people are working on it and how great facets of it are and like you know i do love those performances and i do love aspects of the show even if the whole thing is kind of like i don't know why are we here yeah 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 and I wouldn't say it isn't good. I would just say that. And I haven't said it's not good. I've just said, you know, I, I, I don't really care for it. I wouldn't invite it over for dinner. Yeah. And I would. I mean, the actors for sure. Um, yeah. Like, I mean, uh, the whole thing. Um, Tamira, like great people on and off the screen. Okay. Um, just from a personal um, context, but. Uh, you know, let's, I let's actually, get, honestly, let's... mm -hmm. I'm not trying to like, well, I guess I am. I have met both of them. At, so have um, I. At right. But I actually have. Uh -huh. uh, I met Ming-Na Wen at, at Baltimore Comic Con one year and she signed my Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Blu-ray. <laughs> hubba okay. hubba. 
and I met Tamara Morrison at that first Star Wars celebration we went to um, in Orlando, where you and I have talked about this, and I've probably talked about it on the show, but it had just been announced that he was going to be Aquaman's dad. And I asked him, oh, are you going to go all method and go live in a lighthouse? And he was like, oh, why would I do that? And I was like, well, Aquaman's dad uh, is a lighthouse keeper. And he was like, oh, cool. <laughs> so so I told him that. And if anything in his performance, if he's anything in his performance, as light that came from me. That's so funny. Uh, but they were, they were both really, really super nice. Um, yeah, friend of the show, Herbert, and, and his uh, wife were with me when we met Ming-Na Wen, and she signed move on dvd for them and yeah she was she was um super nice they're both really nice yeah i mean she's she goes from you know she goes into these projects and it seems like she has a blast and she in, in, enjoys engaging with the fans a ton yeah so that was you from ages of shield i can't imagine speaking of a celebration uh and whether or not that's going to happen uh i've yeah. been um but did you get your address changed? No, I will. <laughs> um, hey, any listeners out there going to celebration who have moved in the five years since you bought tickets, you gotta you gotta email them. You gotta email them at the email address they list on all the various correspondence for your tickets, and they will they will change your your shipping address before badges come out. I had to do that myself. And so you well, just there. you just threw you just threw your confirmation number in there, and we're like. Yeah. Hey, Josh from Po'Boys with Pete and Josh. Oh, I didn't even have to give him my confirmation. I just said, it's Josh. I didn't even say from Po'Boys. I just said, hey, it's Josh. Hey, it's Josh, baby. And they, yeah, 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 they knew. It's. I guess we're just diving right into the episode. But speaking of celebrations, speaking of being not when it's celebration and stuff, that is one of the other things where it's like, I don't love this show necessarily, but I just finished reading Dune Messiah, which is the second Dune book. I really liked it, right? But... It was very of a bygone sort of era that isn't actually that bygone, right? Where, like, look at the first six Star Wars movies, and I'm watching this episode of Book of Bofet in that flashback where uh, Fennec is on, like, the ramp of, 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 the, spy, of the fire spray, of the fire spray, caught myself, uh, shooting all those guys and just being, like, a total freaking badass and annihilating mm. everyone. And it's just this like super physical role. And that just roles like that just didn't exist in, in Star Wars and in sci-fi at large and in media at large, just like 10, 15 years ago. Like I'm reading all these Dune books and like there are powerful women in those books, but any woman with power is also crippled by like weird naivete or is like super cold and emotionless and calculating. And those are the trade-offs to be like a strong woman in science fiction that is i mean dude messiah is older but you know not even much older than that we have like those are your options and then in this episode of this show which on the one hand we're kind of poo-pooing as oh whatever i do want to make sure that we're not taking for granted that they are still doing some pretty cool stuff in front of the camera with casting choices and character choices and you know shame on me for already taking that so for granted i mean i remember how exciting it was in force awakens when ray catches that lightsaber and just that being like oh here's a woman catching the lightsaber for a change um well also i mean we we saw episode seven together and right. i remember when she caught it you know 
there was literal cheering as if it was like a sporting event. Yeah, I mean, I, I it's, it's probably one of the greatest moments I've ever had in a movie theater. Was that? I mean, that specific moment. Um, and then one of I think my I have a whole slew of moments where I've gone to Target and bought the CD soundtrack of a movie, and the part of the music I really liked in the movie isn't on the soundtrack. Um, other examples would include uh, the first Hobbit movie, but Force Awakens apparently. You know, it's the Force theme or it's Obi-Wan's theme when she catches that lightsaber. But the the specific utterance of that theme that they use in the movie is not the one from John Williams' score. And if you have the score and you listen to it, it's not the same. It's still a Force theme. But J.J. was like, no, 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 this is the wrong one. And they kind of take the, the usage of that theme from when Luke goes home and sees his aunt and uncle are dead. So in the movie is different that music and that music man it gets me good it gets me real good that whole moment sublime great cinema great cinema i it's you only get to see it like experience it once in a year like i would say in 2021 which is also a little bit different because of the pandemic um i'd say spoilers now the far from home movie no, no way, no way, no way home. Um, I would say that's probably the closest, maybe that or Endgame since that moment. Yeah, I mean, Endgame is the last one I think of where it was like a communal thing, where, like you mm-hmm. said, it feels like a sporting event where it's just like people going crazy. And granted, I didn't get to see No Way Home opening night, I think that maybe would have uh had a, had a moment like that. But I, for me, like in the recent past year. Honestly, it was the it was the most recent James Bond movie, but it wasn't the oh, same. Okay. It wasn't the same sort of like crowd moment, but it was like I left that movie being like, "Oh, I, I like I needed to be in a theater to see this." Like I just saw something happen. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Has Force Awakens? That that's the last Star Wars movie we saw together, right? We haven't seen any other ones together. Um, I don't think so because I know I distinctly remember where I was for episode eight. Um, and then I think episode eight just Kristen and I just saw, and then episode episode nine, I was just a complete psycho and I saw that movie twice in one day. Like, I saw it, I saw it like, yeah, because that was that was actually bigger than Spider Man of the showings. Mm -hmm. There was like and the, you you got your tickets. Well, like, there wasn't a pandemic going on. You got your, t- your you got your tickets like three months in advance. So I I saw it at like mm-hmm. five, and then my coworkers were like, "You want to go see it?" And I'm like, "Oh, okay." The same day. Yeah, like the same day. Because I I, I, I didn't wow. tell them I had seen it <laughs> like, <laughs> literally a couple hours before. Um, then I saw it again. Now I, I did. I've seen. I saw that movie twice within 24 hours. I went Friday evening and then I went to the first showing or I went Thursday evening rather and I went to the first showing Friday morning but yeah, I've, I don't think I've never I've never seen um, a movie twice in a day I think I've been to the movies twice in one day before but I don't think I've definitely never seen the same movie twice in one day it's impressive it's impressive yeah it was um... that's why it's with Pete and Josh I guess not Josh and Pete it's you know, you just gotta 
grind into that seat and then you know eyes eyes open hearts to the wind Although that's, <laughs> not our, that's not our saying we, we still need our saying for 2022 yeah well it's early days i got a i've been on letterbox for a few years now but i've obviously been watching movies my whole life right letterbox is like a movie app and you vlog movies and stuff and i got i get a lot of enjoyment out of letterbox i really like um writing stupid reviews of movies and then um, reading them back to myself a year later after I forgot what I wrote and laughing at it. But I, I've i gotten enough joy out of it that I was like, I'm going to throw some money these these this app's way. And I got like the pro version and the pro version of it really? has, it has stats. It has access to stats, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like the, you know, what, it'll be yearly stats and then it'll be all-time stats. But the all-time stats are only since you've been on letterbox and i've only been on letterbox since 2018 or so in fact i made a letterbox account on new year's eve because uh kristen was working had to work an overnight shift back when she was still in residency right. and i spent new year's eve alone and i just watched like dark knight and built legos and made a letterbox account and clicked all the movies i had already seen it was great and i loved it but anyway i've only had a letterbox account for a few years so with that in mind i'm going to stats Cause I'm like, Oh, cool new feature. I unlock and I hit all. And, uh, the movie I've seen the most. Okay. Oh, I know what it is. Yeah. It's rise of freaking Skywalker. <laughs> yeah. I was, li- I've seen, I went to force awakens every day of opening week, like seven days in a row. I went to that movie, but I wasn't on letterbox. So of course the number one movie I've seen in my whole freaking life, rise of freaking Skywalker, because, long-time listeners of the show might know i was doing an experiment in stockholm syndrome to see if i if i kept watching that movie every day for a week um or every every week that was your rather. that was during the pandemic well i mean well, we're still remember in it, but when like i the... first started i was mm-hmm. like i'm gonna watch it every week for the rest of the pandemic and then i mm-hmm. lasted six weeks and i was like nope there's no stockholm syndrome here i am over mm-hmm. this yeah what i'm really curious what that what that next movie is gonna be that's a great um, question because it yeah i mean it's star wars doesn't feel like a film franchise to me right now because just like so much of you know we're talking about tv shows we're talking about books we're talking about comics um it's probably gonna be marry me with um jennifer lopez and owen wilson um marry me a star wars story uh, I don't, well, we don't know when, if Jennifer Lopez and Owen Wilson, when their debut into Star Wars is going to be, I would have to, you know, I would, I would guess within the next couple of years, I mean, maybe marry me is a prequel. OW was a, was a hit in the MCU. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And, uh, well that, well, we're not a Marvel podcast. So, um, yeah. looking forward, looking forward to getting that next experience so do we want to get into the peak cap or do we yeah what the heck i mean i you know i we're, we're trying to like have more of a format to the pod the only news i saw this week was some lego games coming out on april 5th i don't know i mean i'm not gonna get it but i have like fond enough memories of the early days of lego star wars before it was like TV shows and stuff. Um, stay, of the, you know, stay of the pod. We're doing fine, actually. Um, we we're actually doing great. We've got probably an influx of cash coming. You know, 
no one's failing no one's going bankrupt everything is good um so don't even worry about us so yeah and so with those things in mind and you know pete are you gonna get lego star wars the skywalker saga i am not and that's not because <laughs> i'm not interested oh wait no no that is yeah yep uh <laughs> not for me um i, I have I, very fond memories of that game because i babysat a lot in uh-huh. high school um and a lot of the kids i babysat would have that game and it was a i mean that was a great way to spend a couple of hours on like a Wednesday night when you're just hanging out, eating pizza, watching some swim team kids for a few hours. I mean, that because, you know, sometimes they would want to watch like TV shows or movies that were insufferable. But Lego Star Wars was pretty fun. So I do have a fondness for Lego Star Wars. But I remember getting Lego Star Wars, the Clone Wars in college and kind of be like, yeah, yeah I, I kind of get it. Mm hmm. Anyway, that's coming out April fifth, and we won't be covering it. The only the only Star Wars game that I'm seriously considering doing is the Eclipse. Whenever that comes out. Oh man, yeah, I don't know if we talked about that. They're saying now that's going to be like years. Oh, oh, okay. That they're yeah, yeah. Like I remember reading it like shortly after that. Um, yeah, shortly after that trailer came out. It turned out like, oh, this is actually never coming out. Um, yeah. Oh, and then there is, there actually is a piece of news that I saw um, yesterday, which is they announced that Mary Elizabeth Winstead is going to be in the Ahsoka series. Um, she was in um, Scott Pilgrim, the movie. That's um, Birds Ewan of McGregor's Prey. wife. Oh, Yeah. Yeah. I didn't think about that. Yeah. Yeah, I guess she is. Yeah, and she well and she was in uh Death Proof, Quentin no, Tarantino she... movie with Rosario Dawson. Oh, okay. I was, I thought you were about to say what she was she was in Fargo with him. Right, the show. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um so and I mean no no news on who she's playing or or you know what her character is, but um she definitely had She's like playing hera oh my god oh boy uh, <laughs> i don't know why i would read well, that she she definitely had like a pretty good handle on like action and, and physicality and stuff in birds of prey and you know running around at, she was huntress in that i think so mm-hmm. I don't, I, but i mean maybe they're casting against type who knows so there you go there i actually saw i saw around of like oh she Oh, Which I would not, I would not hold it past. All right, you see Luke, but you don't know when he left and why. I mean, he did that, but maybe he broke up with Mar Jade, which is why he started the Jedi Academy, and it was about little Yanni. Blah blah blah. Yep. All right, they're hundred percent doing that. Oh my gosh, I just talked myself into it's, it. Yeah, it's going to be real interesting to see how all that goes with like this sort of soft rewrite of the sequel era that I feel like they're doing. And, and now that we talk about it though, I mean, it is kind of what happened with the prequels in a way of after the prequels came out, they really did a lot of padding out the details with clone wars. Such they're that... still doing it. They're still doing it with bad batch. Yeah. 
Great yeah. point. Great point. And so it, it is sort and, of like, oh, or... we're, now, we're now in that era of the sequel timeline where they are now they're going back and it'll it'll be curious like 10 years from now they're they're probably canonically what are what are we going to be thinking of the sequel trilogy and will they have been sufficiently padded because well i mean for me i like seven and eight a whole lot i love both of those movies so for me it's pretty much just like do do you really have what it takes to salvage episode nine for me oh i think it's like sebastian stan has to age just five more years <laughs> let's see when they're gonna eliminate him from eternals 2 <laughs> uh and then oh man so sucks for sebastian stan what's he gonna do next um so yeah Wait. real quick before we get to the peak cap just to and granted these are all rumors at this point but like i said with star wars eclipse when i tell you like oh it's actually not coming out immediately right you're like Oh, so like 2024 or whatever. Uh, they're talking 2026 or 2027. No way. We will be most of the way to 40 by then. Pete. Uh, but who knows? Um, so just don't, okay. get, don't get too excited about. <laughs> I think Fallen Order 2 is supposed to come out later this year. So I think I'm reading that they're going to announce it at Celebration, but... I feel like maybe it could be before that. I don't know. Fall in order two. He's still falling. Yeah. <laughs> um, so he yeah. I... To hang out in Mandalore. Oh no. Yeah, yeah. I think. Uh, I think with that though. Yeah. I think we're. I think we're ready for the PCAP. Even I think we've already gotten into a bit of discussion here. But let's let's uh, let's hit this PCAP. Let's see. PCAP. Something. Something. Flashback. Um. All right. So this episode i guess it was probably 60 40 flashback to no flashback if i had to guess but it it's not you know mm. like you end everything on a flashback or it, it, i it, dare it, say 70 30 but i only 30? watched it okay. once i only watched okay. it well i don't know though that freaking table scene where he's talking to everybody took a long time 60 yeah. 40 right, 60 40 60 40 so we start, um, and this episode was directed by Kevin Tacheron, um, who I think has did last week's episode too, if I'm not mistaken. No, last week last week's episode was Robert Rodriguez, I think. Okay, so because he's like one of the co-creators, and and I knew that they've been saying for a while that he was going to have to direct two episodes, so I remember being surprised that it was the first and third episode because I kind of okay. figured, oh, he's probably doing first and last. But Yeah, so Steph Green did the second episode, which we, we, didn't, we really didn't talk about. And mm. then this is a new director who's getting their first shot in Star Wars, which I feel like we should at some point talk about these people because it really looks like they groom these people for future projects, right? Like Robert Rodriguez did such a good job with Mandalorian Season 2. He gets this show. Deborah Chow, same thing um, with Obi-Wan. And then I'm ignorant slash can't remember Andor and who's attached with that. Um, oh, yeah. I want to say Tony Gilroy or Henry Gilroy. I can't remember. Somebody Gilroy. There's two Gilroys. There's a Tony Gilroy and there's a Henry Gilroy. And one of them, word on the street is one of the, they, they were brought in to kind of help finish off Rogue One. 
Okay, yeah. And so, that guy, I think, is in charge of Andoria. So this guy uh, mainly been in TV. He had some attachment to Mortal Kombat, um, but I think was removed from the project before it was... No, he he did one of the Mortal Kombat movies, um, and then he just a bunch of TV. So he did some S.H.I.E.L.D., he did some Flash. Age is a S.H.I.E.L.D., what do you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so has had a ton of experience. Certainly, I guess the S.H.I.E.L.D. is probably the closest because... You know, they do do some action, but not near the scale. Oh, we did Iron Fist? Did an episode of Iron Fist. Oh, that's... loves Iron Fist. I actually did rewatch Iron Fist. You what? Yeah, I did. Uh, When? I I rewatched it, I don't know, like two weeks ago. What? Yeah, yeah. Um, Oh, my god. Because we talked about... um, jessica henwick a little bit uh-huh, uh-huh. and um jessica henwick as from force awakens from force awakens she's mm. jessica pava i believe sounds right maybe yeah um but she she's one of the um x-wing pilots and you yeah. know the like hey not all x-wing pilots are white british guys or yeah Biggs and luke she um, is british by the way Okay, so um, crazy, yeah, 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 yeah. So she, um, you know, isn't in episode eight, isn't in episode nine because she was involved in Iron Fist, I believe. Um, and there we had this whole conversation about, you know, she took, she's supposed to be in Shang Chi. Um, you were telling me that she was in the yeah, she was in the running to play uh, the sister Zhao Zhao Ling or yeah, um. Yeah, and it, or it was that or Matrix Resurrections, I guess. And she wound up picking Matrix Resurrections, which, which Pete, you hated. Uh, yeah, it was real bad. And I, I loved. So. And it wouldn't be a PCAP without us drastically diverting from talking about the episode. So um, Kevin Tacharone, um, apologize with not saying that name correctly. Um, hopefully we get it right in the second episode that he presumably will direct. Uh, but his first shot at star wars so um we start we're in flashback mode um we have um bobo and his bantha which apparently he is connected to this bantha enough to like basically have a bunch of moments with this bantha even though the first episodes are all of them getting slaughtered every single episode (laughs) is a bantha like oh bantha dead let's hide behind the bantha Oh, Bantha dead. Let's hide behind the Bantha. So, but that guy's got that cute little tongue. Yeah. So, <clears throat> I think they might have been leaning more into the practical effects. I'm really curious if they did what, um, George, Big George did. There's um, no way. There's no way they put a giant rug on an elephant. Okay. I will say this: whether they leaned into practical effects or not, it looked great. I mean, yeah, if no, no, no. If it's sure. CGI or whatever, like that's one of those things where it's like. I think this is probably, I mean, if you're a special effects person, this is probably what you're going for is I'm looking at it and I'm not exactly sure how they did it, but I know like it looks good. Yeah. I mean, at various points I was like, is that an elephant? That's not an elephant. (laughs) Well, I mean, I only even figured out it was an elephant from the aforementioned J.W. Rinsler book, which I only read a few years ago. I mean, it took my whole life. I had no idea it was a freaking elephant. That's insane. If I hadn't read it and if I hadn't seen the pictures of them putting that on an elephant, Never would have believed that that was a freaking elephant. 
and the thing too is like if you had not thought that that was an elephant i don't know why a reasonable person would be like why don't they bring that uh, technology from uh star wars into other things because you know <laughs> they were able to get this thing that looks like an elephant uh why don't they why don't they do more of that technology but it doesn't look like an elephant it doesn't have a trunk yeah know. it's fine it's, it, oh it's crazy let's get this pcap over with it's, it's crazy so we do that um and we basically just throw any form of time into the wind because this Mandalorian set three years after episode six. Do we know that for sure? Um, Oh, Mandalorian. No, Mandalorian is six years. Six years. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I don't know Um, when, I don't know when the, when the flashbacks in, in Buka Bobo Fett happened. I don't know. But Mandalorian um, is six years after Return of the Jedi. Okay, so this is within within a year Probably. of Mandalorian, right? And we base, we get all of the backstory on how he saves Fennec. Like, there's not any question unanswered of like, why does he do it? Where does he find her? What does he do? So he finds her, recognizes who she is. Makes sense, you know. He's big bounty hunter. She's a big mid-rim bounty hunter, which I don't maybe we can talk then discussions. Very, very cool to think of like bounty hunters in terms of their areas mm-hmm. of like, oh, I'm a core bounty hunter. Oh, I'm a mid-rim bounty hunter. Oh, I deal in the outer rim. Very, you know, we can talk about that anyway. And then he takes her to I I I mean, I thought it was a doctor's office, but um Wikipedia has this this person. Um, their title they, they don't have a name they're called mm-hmm. a modifier mm-hmm. um, and I it took me until like you know filling in some details on this episode to realize that you sent me yeah you 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 100% <laughs> recognize who the modifier was I did I, I did. no clue I, well, I was I, like now to be fair I yeah I mean so it's you know I know him as Thundercat he's a bassist he's a musician um Famously, one of the one of the many shows I was super, super excited to go to that wound up being canceled on my birthday because of covid um, two years ago. So I haven't actually gotten to see Thundercat live, but he is he's fantastic. And I sent Pete his album. I didn't I didn't comment at all, but I just sent him the Spotify link to his album. It is what it is. Uh, and he asked me, is this just commentary on the show or a genuine recommendation? I didn't text you back, but it is both. I mean, it is what mm-hmm. it is. It's probably one of my favorite albums of 2020. And he is excellent. But I, you know, I, I, I only really listen to the music and I'm only vaguely familiar with what he looks like from his album covers and stuff. But I was looking at this character and I was like, either that's Thundercat or Thundercat is going to sue the crap out of Disney for his likeness. <laughs> and lo and behold, it's freaking Thundercat. It's crazy. Yeah, that guy, I mean, I don't know. Obviously, I know nothing about Thundercats. You should listen and, to that album I sent you. I do think you'd like it. And I'm I'm curious to now like go back and see his filmography because if that's I don't his know first, if he has a filmography. That's his first like spot like he 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 appeared lived in. You know, like we talk about these characters and like this is a character that is seamless, that you, you know, this is their natural habitat. Like I believe that this guy was there mm-hmm. and all of these things were happening. Um, yeah. So he did an, an insane job. Um, you know, I, I would say, you know, one of the top highlights of the show, uh, one of the top scenes 
is like him throwing her onto the um table and being like yeah you know, i'd be inclined to agree um just if only because it is very much you could you could feel them kind of feeling where the boundaries because it's body horror that whole sequence was like there's a tinge of body horror to it, but a lot mm-hmm. like Clone Wars, which was like very clearly designed for kids. And so there were these like hard parameters they had to work in where it would maintain kind of being appropriate for a younger audience. You could feel like that episode in the direction and what they'd show. And obviously it was bloodless, but it wasn't, it wasn't without like, Ugh. you know, and they, I thought they, they did a really inspired job of making body horror work in a Disney show. Which is no small task. I was I, I had this really lame thought too at the end of it because you know there's that scene of like close her up and he's like, uh, "Look at my work, isn't it so great?" And I was <laughs> I was I had that Anakin voice. I'm like, I hate sand; it gets everywhere. Oh, yeah, Why would yeah, you yeah. do that on the on the sands of Tatooine? Um, so we get that cool. Um, we get that cool scene and then basically we have a scene. I'm not going blow, blow, blow by blow. Um, we have a conversation about getting the mob bosses together. Fennecat, you know, they want to get the mob bosses together. But before that, we're going to stop in with Black Kristan, um at this bar where... Mm-hmm. We get some backstory that we don't actually, you know, I don't really care about, but, you know, we now, we know that he was enslaved by Trandoshans or he was captured by Trandoshans. Mm. These Trandoshans are literally doing nothing. Like they're, they're just hanging out and we get a scene of brutality. He does the classic Wookiee, um, taking out an arm. We get a little conversation with, um, um, oh my gosh, Garza is her name, I believe. The head, yeah. of, the, the head of it. So Madam Flashdance. Mo- yeah, she gets a moment of like trying to talk them down, talk them down. <laughs> Obviously doesn't work. And we are convinced that he's under the employ of Bobo now. So we'll, you know, presumably get some payoff for that. But yeah. he's... A mem- he's a member yeah, of Boba Fett, Bo- 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 Pitt found him and took out his chair and he sat backwards on it and he, you know, he yeah. got Chrysanthemum to join him. Then we have the mob meeting, which is from the trailer of all of the different captains of Java yeah. that are now the crime lords in and of themselves. There's like um, the dog people, there is the trend, uh, the Clintonians is what they're called. Um, we've got the transition. Yeah, I don't like them. The dog people? Yeah, yeah, they... As far as I know, they first showed up in that episode of Mandalorian. Like, season one, episode four, or whatever. I, I wasn't familiar with them prior to that. Maybe they uh, were a thing before I then, think, but I do not I, like them. I think in the Clone Wars, there's an, epi- there's an episode or two. Oh! You're right! That mm-hmm. that dork that was with, 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 with Boga Pitt in season two. Castus or something, Aura Singh and Bosk and Bogle Pit and yeah, yeah. Do you notice? Right. And I'll have to rewatch this. Um, was the alien race that were the speeder bike gang? Were they at the table? Mm, um, 
No, I don't know. Yeah, I'll I don't have, know. I'll have to. I'll well, have no, to probably not because we. I mean, I get we're made to believe that they're wiped out because he goes through with his fire spray starship and utterly annihilates them. Mm-hmm. Even though Fennec is like, you know, that they didn't do this, right? Like, it wasn't just them. Because that's that's what she was insinuating is like, seriously, those mm. guys took out Tuscan Raiders, uh, but he didn't seem to care at all. I like, and I, yeah, I did like I did like that she pointed that out because it does give a little more nuance know, to it. Pra- well, and, and prowess to to, to Tuscan Raiders because yeah, I mean we you know we see these bikers in, in uh, Tashu Station and they just seem like hooligans, mm-hmm. you know. And the Tuscan Raiders, they're survivalists, you know. So yeah. Who really did do it? But I look and not let's. I'm gonna blend some of my discussion with your PCAP here, but let's talk about that biker gang real quick. This is just a whole other thing. With again, like I'm just like war with the pikes, war with the pikes. Who cares, right? Because I just saw both Fred, both Fred's little little fire spray gunship annihilate a Sarlacc and just totally destroy this biker gang. Which honestly, the biker gang seemed more dangerous than the pikes and i think there were more of them so again mm-hmm. i'm still just like what are really the stings here you're you're telling all these families to oh hold fast remain neutral i gotta gotta get chrysanthemum on my side gotta get these teens on my side i gotta get my i gotta ride a rancor to take on the pikes and i'm like you just blew up this whole biker gang with your freaking ship no problem and i only saw like 12 pikes getting off that bus i don't know well also it's there's a he he makes a mark of it of saying it's more I'm more dangerous when everybody thinks I'm dead. So mm. at no point, you know, maybe they were on a joyride, something similar to the Godfather when um what's his face? Not Sonny. Was it Sonny? Fredo or not not Fredo, the the older bro- the violent older brother. Oh James um, Khan's character. Yeah. Um who gets like it's Sonny, right? I think it's Sonny, yeah. Um, you know, not being we're not, cinephiles. Not, <laughs> um, yeah. When he gets gunned down, you know, and, and yeah, isn't, su- isn't super expecting it. So let's let's end the PCAP with we get the infiltration of Java's palace. Mm-hmm. We get a very cool replica, you know, like readout of the whole thing, which I'm sure people are gonna love, like creating a life size model of Java's palace from that. Yeah. Um, because we get a very cool, you know, blow by blow of everything that's around there. Um, and we get this infiltration into the kitchens. We get a hilarious like, oh, no, Bobo's so like he can't he can't capture a droid and he doesn't want to kill the droid because they're friends. Blah, yeah. blah, blah. Like the famous book, Save the Droid. Yeah. What is that droid from? Episode one? I only am familiar with it from the animated series like clone wars it's shown up in that like rabbit looking droid i don't know if it was ever in live action before okay yeah so um i mean cool like yeah i I, if you're in if you if you're the audience for star wars that star wars thinks there there is so that they're having that tv show called droids i'm sure you love this (laughs) Because then it then exists. There's those like, well, I mean, certainly there's the part of the celebration community that you know creates R2D2 units and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. I'm sure, they were just thriving with all of that stuff. 
Um, but yeah, so we get into that. We get an infiltration scene. We get to see the hell rate, the fire blazer, fire spray, fire spray. We get let's, to see. Um, yeah. we get to see that, which is, I guess, as official a notice as we're gonna get. Like for a while now, they've talked about, and they, I think it first came up with a Lego set. And it was a Lego set that was called like Boba Fett's gunship or something. But that, you know, Disney Well, first, you know, Disney's done away. And these are these are the words of Hasbro and Star Wars and at all. Not my own, but, you know, for a long time, uh, Jabba the Hutt's little palace outfit for Leia was called Slave Leia. They changed mm-hmm. that to Hutt Slayer Leia. Uh, and then, of course, Boba Fett's ship was called Slave One, though I don't think they ever actually say Slave One. And they've now changed that to, to fire spray. And then also to, to throw in to this, you know, we keep talking about about uh, Black or Santon. Um, not called Black or Santon in the show. Only called Crescenton. They go, I mean, they've spent it's, it's just Crescenton. Uh, which is, you know, similar, you know, um, anyone who's seen Infinity War or, or Endgame, Thanos' Black Order, you know, in, in the comics, the big guy, the heavyweight, uh, was called Black Dwarf. And in the movie, they changed his name to Call Obsidian. Um, so it is this sort of, you know, n- noted attempt to um, clean up for, you know, de-controversialize some of the nomenclature in Star Wars. Um, I don't know. You have any thoughts on that, Pete? I I mean, it's it's just something that they obviously have to get rid of, and there's no reason for them to include it. It's mm-hmm. a little awkward, but like at no point in the movies or shows is it ever does he ever call it that, right? Yeah, that's the thing. It's one it's one of these star wars things that you know everyone everyone seems to know but it's never actually in the movie right like i mean you know a similar non-potentially offensive example would be ig88 nobody ever says ig88 i mean all those bounty hunters all those bounty hunters in fact in empire strikes back i don't think they ever say boba fett they do in Return of the Jedi, of course, but in, you know, yeah, they don't there's, say there's they all don't these say, names um, we know. Edgar, and, they don't say right. Bosk. No, but people know these names, just like you know, Boba Fett's Boba Fett's fire spray ship, formerly Slave One. So it's, um, yeah, I don't, I, you know, I don't know. It's interesting. It's something. I mean, I don't, you know, I'm certainly not up in arms about it. But I know yeah. that there are definitely going to be people out there who are like, oh, it's called Slave One, oh, you know, being too politically correct. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, those, those people can there. kick rocks. Um, okay, so let's get into some 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 discussion pieces. So we've got, yeah, let's 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 see. We already hold on. We already talked about the gunship. We already talked about look that gunship annihilated those bikers. My big thing for oh, but while we're talking about the gunship. Uh-huh. While we're talking about this fire spray gunship, let's talk about you know you're doing all these flashbacks to Bogo Pat that I don't even care about. Um, <laughs> Bo- the 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 fire spray gunship was seemingly destroyed during Clone Wars, and they've never really, to to my knowledge, um, 
address that. There's a season five arc of Clone Wars with the younglings. And right. uh, the younglings um, wind up being pitted against Hondo Onaka and rescuing Ahsoka from Hondo Onaka. And we find out that Hondo Onaka has the fire spray gunship. He has come to possess it because of a run of, you know, at that point, a young Bogo Pat. So he, ha- he has it in his garage. He tries to fly away with it. It crashes out of frame behind like a canyon or whatever and there's a huge explosion i mean i mm-hmm. guess they just fix it i guess but i mean i don't know it's a big giant explosion with this ship yeah i um i i what happened i don't think they, they care to write explanations of the cartoon show but that's fair and i mean honestly i do not care because but as long I, as we're like flashing back to everything in creation but i don't know i don't care yeah, because I mean, and I I added this as a discussion point for us. It really seems like we have for the next episodes we have to picture ourselves as a young Johnny F, mm-hmm. and be like, as a child, Johnny F. You know, he's seven or ten years old. He's just seen you know episode four, five, and six. Won't get a movie for like two decades. He's pondering every what if answer try, asking all of these questions because that seems like what this show is it's like oh what is what's in the sarlacc pit what does the sarlacc look like uh oh where is boba fett where's his ship after you know blah 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 it's like literally that's what the show is it's just answering questions that nobody except for people that like saw these movies as children and were in that you know multiple decade uh morass of just having the legends stuff that wasn't remotely touching you know past episode six or sorry was touching episode six but like wasn't touching it a ton Mm -hmm. um yeah i don't know it's that's that's really what this show feels like to me right now yeah so i mean soon enough you know poker pit will move to uh queens or wherever it was in new york that johnny f talks about living and that was his inspiration for making the stark expo and iron man 2 and yada 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 that's hilarious. Um, <laughs> uh, let's talk about the like thing that I'm sure other podcasts, other people are talking about, which is the music near the end, hinting at right Jenga Jumanji. Uh huh. Which makes sense because like he his his schedule is wide open as of right now, right? Yeah, um, spoilers for ep- filming spo- the Last of Us. Spoilers for episode two. Um, but also these things can be shot in a day. Because they have they have the um what is it called the volume? Well, you know, I mean, I hate to say it, but based on the Disney Gallery Plus Mandalorian thing, I mean, if he ain't got that helmet off, he doesn't even necessarily need to be there. Yeah, true. I mean, I would hope he would be, but yeah, it does it does seem like we're going to be getting Jenga Jumanji showing up. Um, for sure, yeah, because we're when we last saw him, you know, he gives a little yawny to some Jedi um, mm-hmm. of unnamed. Um, origins yeah some good and then he has the 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 dark saber and we know that he is going to probably be atten- like somebody's going to try and kill him to get yeah. that and he does not care because <laughs> he doesn't want it yeah. um so th- that's pretty much it and who knows what that conversation ended with because 
Gina Carano got canceled. So uh, we're not going to see the immediate aftermath. Yeah. We're just going to have her um, politely written, written out. <laughs> And we're not even politely like, oh, she, yeah, she died. Like <laughs> the ships, like the ships are going out. And then her, her ship is like, oh, I, it does. Oh. <laughs> like, yeah, she's dead. She's dead. But uh, yeah, it doesn't look like either side is coming together with that anytime soon. So we're not mm -hmm. going to get any, you know, like what was 30 seconds after that? Because Bobo yeah. and Fennec left um to go do their tattooing stuff right and then you know presumably is like what the shit do i do now sorry what what do i do now <laughs> hey it's your week to edit yeah uh <laughs> um so yeah i i think it's i think it's pretty clear that's happening uh I, yeah yeah and while we're talking mandalorian stuff this is the episode that bridges the gap between those flashbacks and the Mandalorian and we get him finding Fennec Shand and stuff but we also get him so here's I get I got hung up on this but he they go back to the Sarlacc pit to find his armor and he seems to think his armor's in the Sarlacc pit which I guess he doesn't remember being robbed of his armor because don't we see him get robbed of his armor but I guess he's passed out for that so maybe right. he's not but, I mean, he he escaped the pit with his armor. That was the only way he got out of it. I don't know. It, it felt very clunky to me why he would go back. Like, to me, it'd make all the sense of the world. Bogopat just wants to destroy that Sarlacc. He just goes back to, to destroy it. It doesn't need to be an armor thing. But then it's like, how did he how did he find his armor? Maybe I'm forgetting something from Mando Season 2. Like, how did he find... I thought maybe he tracked his armor. But clearly that's not the case because he's just arbitrarily saying, oh, it's in a Sarlacc pit. I don't know. It felt very clunky. I I mean, I think in, Epi in Man Mando season two, you assume that he had a conversation with Cobb Vanth, Timothy Oliphant. But that could easily be written that out. translate to him tracking Mando halfway across the freaking galaxy, you know? Um. Yeah. So he. Maybe I'm forgetting. Maybe I'm forgetting. I didn't rewatch. Maybe he threw a homing beacon on there or something. But it. It just have, seemed clunky. Seemed it, could, it could just be Fennec's good at her job, and that he's good at his job of of finding of finding people. Maybe, but it's not like he was just at some like major metropolitan planet. Like he's at a planet that's like some weirdo Jedi temple that he only finds out from Ahsoka. So I don't know. That all that all felt like it was muddying waters. That was just like you don't need to go back to those waters. I assume that we're gonna get that question answered in the next one of the next three episodes. Of how he how he you know how he goes to get his armor and stuff. Um, oh, I think well, I don't know because my assumption is we're done with flashbacks. No, no, I don't I, think so. I I would be yeah. There's also like no, they show, I mean they they showed him they re-aired that footage of him going in and killing Bib Fortuna. I mean, what what clear indication would you have that flashbacks are over? We're all caught up. I I I promise you there will be a flashback. We'll see. Okay. We'll see. I because time is not sacred in this show. Like, oh, nothing is sacred. Yeah, in this there's show. you know maybe four or five years of like where has he been? It's like oh yeah, he was with the Tuscan Raiders, and here's an episode about it. Hmm. Is there any indication of time passing? No, but get over <laughs> it. We'll see. Um, are you now that we've seen the modifier 
do what he does to Fennec. Um, does your opinion of Fennec, has it been changed at all now that you know that she is a part teen, like all these other teens? No, because youth is something that we're constantly chasing, and I'm happy for her. I mean, we don't have to chase it because we're young, but... Yeah, and we hydrate a lot. Yeah. Yeah. If we were on Tatooine, we would look like we're 80. Um, <laughs> but, no, you know, and I think, you know, I had some whisperings, you know, maybe I was floating this idea of Fennec, you know, Mando at some point, and that's seeming less and less likely. Seeming less and less likely. Yeah, yeah. And now here's here's my last discussion point, which okay. is something that we've talked about briefly. But, you know, I think if you're comparing this, the original trilogy to the prequels, you know, Bogle Pitt and Darth Maul have a lot in common and that they're very aesthetically compelling characters that say almost nothing and are dispatched very quickly. And it's like they, they take up a huge place in the pop culture consciousness but their actual screen time and what they actually do and what they actually contribute to the story is incredibly limited. So, Pete, it's 2010. You've got Maul. You've got Bogo Pit. And somebody comes up to you from a dark alley and you realize it's George Lucas in a hood. It's George, our good friend George. And he's wearing a hood, but he's, and you can tell it's him, but he's like putting on a voice. So he, he thinks he's fooling you. And Which he, he is, right, of course not. But he is offering you this choice. And he is saying, I'm going to bring a character back from the dead. And it's going to, I'm going to, it's going to sound stupid. But when I do it, it's actually going to be incredible. Now, in our timeline, in our universe, that is Darth Maul. And they brought Darth Maul back to life with chicken legs, robot chicken legs. Right. And um, it was incredible. It was incredible. But when they announced that he was alive again, we had no indication that it was actually going to work. But it did, right? So if you had the choice in 2010, not knowing, I guess, these characters as we do now, because at that point, they were just two characters that looked cool. And you could bring one of those characters back from the dead and have it work. I guess. Would you have would you have picked Darth Maul or would you have picked Bo Buffett? Well, I would have had to ask the follow-up question of um Savage Savage Press, um, would he come with both of them or is that just a Darth Maul thing? Um but no, I would I would I would hundred percent pick Darth Maul because I think Darth Maul is one of those top three characters, you know, Boba Fett being one of them of we get nothing, right? You know, with Darth Maul he speaks like what twice, three times in episode one, um, and certainly yeah, he has three lines. Certainly a character that, really, really so, so for people that you know, start, episode one, two, and three was their like dive into it as kids, like it was for us. Um, I I would have picked that in a heartbeat. Yeah. What about you? Interesting. I don't know. I mean, I guess if they if they if they convinced me no matter what it was going to work cuz Darth Maul if if I don't know any better, Darth Maul is the one that seems more problematic to me to bring back from the dead just given canon and given this whole stupid rule of two that everybody seems so hung up on as far as Sith and dark side users go. I would be I would be more skeptical in the ability to successfully 
bring Darth Maul back from the dead. That's the harder trick to pull off, mm-hmm. which is kind of what's so weird about, you know, Book of Bogo Pit is, you know, on paper, it's so much easier. He just pops out of the pit and he's back alive. Whereas Darth Maul got cut in half, but somehow they, Darth Maul got brought back and it was incredibly compelling and some of the best Star Wars that's ever been made. And in this podcaster's humble opinion, I think, I think though, if I didn't know any better, you know, and if I was just going off of the Darth Maul I saw in Phantom Menace and the Bogo Pad I saw in Empire and Return of the Jedi, I feel like I probably would have picked Bogo Pit because it's just more of a presence at that point. I don't, you know, but yeah, it's just so strange. It's just so strange that Maul was so narratively successful and just defied, I think, a lot of people's expectations of what that narrative turn would accomplish. I mean, that, you know, you think about that finale of Clone Wars. I mean, good Lord. That's just some fantastic stuff. And then, yeah, this, I mean, you know, this this Boba Fett thing, just, I don't know. I don't know, for whatever reason, is, is struggling to find its footing. I do think it comes back to, like, when they brought Maul back, he became a character. You know, and they, I don't think that they underestimated that you don't really have any idea who Maul is based on Phantom Menace. You just know he's a bad guy. And I think they did groundwork to set up his ambition. And a big part of that, like, he had a sense of betrayal from Go. And it was very clear to the audience that, like, I've been trained my whole life for this thing. And then I died. And that thing went on without me. Mm-hmm. And you just don't have that in Book of Boba. I mean, he talks about Bib Fortuna betrayed him. How? You yeah. were on a ship that blew up in the middle of the desert. What are you talking about? No one betrayed you. Everyone thought you were dead. No, 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 no. It was about overtime. He's like, the job's done. Why am no, I even here? Brother. It's the like... job's... I brought him here. Why am I even here? And then he... Bib Fortuna's like, overtime. Over... You're done when I say you're done. Oh, I do not want that conversation to happen. If you thought I was dead, and then six years later, I come back, and you've got some other stupid Star Wars podcast that nobody listens to that you're hosting with your mom or whatever, I'm not going to be like, Pete betrayed me. Oh, I'm going to take over all of podcasting because Pete betrayed me. You thought I was dead. I get it. I don't know. It is crazy. I don't know. They just, yeah, the groundwork's not there. I still don't, you know, who is who is Bobo Fett? I don't know. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I can't help but compare this to Maul and all the stuff that happened with uh, with Maul and how this is a, I don't know, less uh, less successful version of that. I mean, I think no matter what you your opinion of the show is or whether you love it or hate it, I feel like it's, well, I, I shouldn't paint with a broad brush, but it, it seems just like a less successful version I of that for- resurrection. I look forward to being proven wrong. Let's say that. So episode episode five, um, we've got three episodes left, five, five six, and seven. Um, chapter five, um, we have no information, which I thoroughly enjoy there being no information for that. I do too. So um, podcast at gmail.com. Um, I'll try and throw that email in for celebration for those of you that purchased those tickets. Uh, like five years ago. And Mm -hmm. see you next week. Bye.